That record got me high as proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Yes, that's Is This Tomorrow, available at isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic cataloging the antics taking place at the Zorro News Channel and featuring such characters as George Kleenex, weatherman Benjamin Dover, Man on the Scene, J.B. Horns, political commentator Taffy Tart, media personalities Travis Slaughter, conspiracy theory expert J. Elwood Compton III, paranormalist Murph Davies, Senator Stroller, political apologist Dr. Iggy, Christian ventriloquist Fred Gastro and his puppet Woody, and the strangely familiar Stocky Bear in his smelly, itchy costume. All of this at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, we're not even doing the counting? We're just going. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we are in full goth regalia. Me and Barry, we, we're wearing white uh, <laughs> face paint. Barry painted his nails black. And uh, we have a special guest today, and it is a, our first return guest. It is. Oh, I'm flattered. Yeah. Get, get up on that mic, Woody. Me, there it's you go. It's Mr. Woody Compton, and uh, he was one of our first guests, and he did... Um, a the big, Crossing, uh, Big Country. Uh, the Crossing, Big Country. And now, what are we doing? What are you doing? We're doing Juju by Susie the Banshees, <laughs> and it right. is a... Uh, Kind of a goth rock classic. It might have started the genre, maybe. Um, and I'm a big Susie and the Banshees fan, and I thought it would be, you know, interesting record to talk about since you guys. I know Barry's a big fan of uh, John McGeeck's playing. I am John McGeeck. Yes, he was on our uh, magazine. magazine. He mm-hmm. was on the magazine record, The Correct Use of Soap. That's correct. And he is a. It's amazing that he. I guess within a certain circle of yeah, people he known. is known but yeah. he should be no matter how known he is he should be more known he should he's be such a yeah. good guitar player yeah he's very unique um i'd also like to say i'm here to plug my book <laughs> <laughs> no you're here to plug uh, joey maya's book right because yeah, that's, uh, i did read joey maya's book i did oh did he read it yeah, did he finish it okay yeah, what'd you think as a drummer hey Ooh. man I, I like reading books by punk rock drummers i'm down with it okay you're down with <laughs> but it. i'm yeah, a perfect yeah. target audience <laughs> that's right yeah no it was and you all right so you're a drummer and i was going to mention that because i think you picked two records now that both uh, uh, bands that both have very unique very identifiable drummers yeah budgie is in my top five all-time favorite drummers i've stolen so much from that man yeah he's a he's a real musical innovative. drummer he's, and he's very that, innovative that adds you could tell um you could tell you know some drummers uh you could tell sort of write parts for songs and really add to songs with what they're playing and he's definitely one of those drummers and the drummer for a big country whose name i mark brzezaki yes i could never pronounce yeah. Uh, was also the same type of drummer, so uh, that well, makes Budgie sense. even more so. Budgie, they're almost lead drum parts. Yes, As we get into the songs. We'll talk about that. Absolutely. But Budgie almost has like a world music approach to rock drumming. 
Yeah. Plays a lot of toms, and it's, yeah. it's I mean, and especially on the Creatures records, they're even more so. Um, oh, yeah, those cre- Creatures records are great, You want to explain oh, who so the Creatures? Good. Okay, a um, little backstory on Susie and the Banshees. They were a band that's been around since the early punk days. Like, Susie was one of the original kind of hangers-on for the Sex Pistols. She was part of that group that was on, they did a talk show appearance. Early on, remember? Oh, right. and she was with the in that group of people. The Bill Grundy episode, yes. yeah, okay. right. right. So they started a band very early on, and they did a couple records, which was Scream and Join Hands, which yep. they had a different set of musicians. And the first record I like... Well, I think Steve Severin was already with the bass player, right? He's been he was with along. him and her are, are the oh, two yeah. constants through uh, yeah. Susie and the Banshees. Right. So after the second record, Join Hands, the guitar player and bass player quit. They had enough. Right. Which is a theme you'll see with guitar players <laughs> in this band. It was Susie. And um, <clears throat> so the third record came along. No, the, the guitar player and drummer quit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. The guitar player and drummer quit. Right, right. But um, the quitting, the, the rotating cast of guitar the, players. The rotating guitar players is a frequent thing. With right, them. right. So they made a record called Kaleidoscope, and that one they got Budgie, who was in the Slits. Right, heard the that's slits. right. So he was kind of a, a known, very good drummer. So he came along and played, and then they had Steve... Jones from the Sex Pistols, says yeah, Steve yes. Jones. He plays. He played on Kaleidoscope. Oh, I didn't know that. On I about three that. or four songs, and then John Magia came in. They did this kind of weird experimental record. John, Steve Jones played on Kaleidoscope. Yeah, I did not know that. Did yeah, know and, that he, and the playing is not Sex Pistols issue at all. Right, it's very right. Well, almost like John McGee sound. Right. Oh, cool. Right, um, yeah. They were looking for somebody to do that. That's yes. what it means. Yeah. Well, yes. the first that first time, um, she's kind of the, uh, um, her and uh, Stephen Severn are known because. In 1976, they played this sort of like one-off show at the 100 Punk Club Festival. With a drummer. uh, With... um, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah. Sid Vicious on drums. uh, And um, Marco... Peroni, later from yeah, Adam of the Ants, on Great guitar, guitar yeah, yeah, and they is. did a 20-minute improvisation based on the Lord's Prayer. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. And I'm sure it was terrible. Oh, yeah, it must have been horrible. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so they started from kind of that area of kind of post-punk. Right, right, And right. then when they got Budgie into the band, the sound changed a great deal. And then Susie and Budgie eventually got married. And um, they started doing these records. They were almost like they'd go on a honeymoon or a vacation, and they would do these records of just yeah. voice and drums. And I love those records. Those records are so good. And, uh, and the here's Creatures, an, definitely uh, seek it out and listen to them because they were really good. Yeah, and here's an interesting thing. I, I kind of came into this band backwards because when I was young and I listened to music, it's like if something was on a major label, it wasn't cool. I was that guy that like it had to be on SST oh, sure, or something yeah, like that. Right, right, it's okay. like this stuff I'm wasn't cool. This yeah, wasn't hard it. enough. Right. It's like I never listened to the Smiths until I heard your podcast. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this stuff's great. Yeah. But I wouldn't listen to it because that's what like the yuppie punks wow. listen He's to in elitist. high school. He's even more elitist than our yeah. well, I elitist was. friends. <laughs> I was. And so I never really listened to Susie or The Cure or The Smiths, any of this stuff. Oh, they were all too mainstream. Yeah. And then wow. I was dating this girl named Beth. And Beth, if you're ever listening, Beth Craven. And um, she played Ooh, the Creatures. good last name. Yeah, it is. Um, she played the Creatures record for me. The one with the blue cover. I'm forgetting what it's called. But she just had it on the background. I'm like, this is some of the coolest drumming right. I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm like, this is awesome. And she's like, oh, this is Susie and Budgie. I'm like... So I became a Creatures fan before I was really? a Susie fan. Ah, so it's kind of strangely okay. backwards. So what year? So when was this like around? What year was this? God, I can't remember. It was about the time. It was before they played Lollapalooza. They played the first Lollapalooza. Oh, 90? So it was sometime in the Yeah, 90s? so it was later. And I, okay. I saw them in Lollapalooza, and then I saw them on that tour again. I've seen them about three or four times. Oh, really? Okay. They're okay. a very good live band. 
they shouldn't be, but they are. <laughs> well, if the music seems somewhat produced and studio created, right? But they're very good live. So the the Creatures record was that Anima Animus? Is that the no? One? That's their last record. That one's also really good. Um, hmm. It's got a blue cover and it's in Corbin photo. I don't know why I can't remember it. Apologies so, to Budgie. all right. So Juju was their fourth record, but it was the first. So was Juju the first record with McGee, both uh, McGee no, and uh, they were on Kaleidoscope. Yeah. They were on Kaleidoscope, yeah. but okay, they didn't so really do any live playing. It right. was all kind of studio created. Okay, this is okay. the first time they actually rehearsed and played right, live. And right. Kind of, that. Yeah. yeah. All right, and this record, and it was co-produced by Nigel Gray, who also produced the first three. Police albums. Oh, interesting. I yeah, know. yeah. The first three police. So the the record definitely sounds great. I wouldn't say it sounds overproduced or anything, no. but it definitely has it, a really cool. It does. Uh, In fact, it's sort of minimal production. There's everything is very clearly articulated in the mix. And there's not a great deal of obvious overdubbing. There's like Susie of overdub. Dub, she doubles her voice on a almost, lot. That's typical Susie. Yeah. And there and the guitars. You can't help it. In the '80s, this record came out. A lot out of chorus in, uh, and flanger. Yeah. And the flanger. And but the, for him, it's and the, the phase, perfect. And the, and the phase. That's kind of his sound. <laughs> it is yeah, his yeah, sound. Yeah. I'm gonna just say at the outset that this is, from my perspective, this is one of the best records we've done. Overall, I put this record in my top ten. Wow, that of is a strong statement. But wow. I will say one thing: I've never—I I don't think I ever listened to this whole record through. The whole record came out in June 1981. I'll tell you what: this this record does not have one bad no, song on it. Every song is great, and they, it's put together thematically. Like it, it has it's a, a yeah, book. they had a it works concept. like a book of short yeah, it stories. Work as a whole. Well, you know, it's interesting because this isn't my favorite Susie record. I think Tenderbox. Of course, it's not because you're, yeah, because yeah. yeah. Well, Tenderbox is really good. too. I really like Tenderbox. I also think Kiss in the Dreamhouse, the record after this, could almost be a double album with this. It's they, different though. That one's doesn't. This one has this. This record has a dark cinematic edge to it. Oh, absolutely. And she's absolutely. definitely for the first time saying I'm going to sing about these my fascinations exclusively. And these are, all of these songs are about, are like uh, um, you know, H.P. Lovecraft or um, Edgar Allan Poe. Dark shit. It's and, all about well, dark, lyrics nightmare throughout shit. that band are about death, dying, it's right. darks all but the way through. And Stephen too, because Stephen wrote the lyrics. He wrote a lot of, of these lyrics. songs too. Some yeah, of my favorite yeah. lyrics that are in that band are stuff he wrote. But they're definitely you could tell they were definitely of the same mind in a lot oh of things. God, they definitely yeah. had the same. That's why I yeah. guess they were together for so long. All right, so this 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 came out in June 1981, and I know Barry, you had mentioned goth. It sort of could be the, the beginning well, of goth. It's talked about as like the first goth but, rock record. Mm-hmm. But a little band called Bauhaus did come out with a little thing called Bella Lugosi's they Dead did. in mm-hmm. 1979. Was it that? Yeah. Was that really? Yeah. August 1979, yeah. Bella Lugosi Dead. And yeah, that okay. to me is like uh, yeah. the, the beginning of, of goth. Yeah, I could. The thing with Susie and the Banshees, they are very goth in the lyrics. I almost consider them, I don't know, art rock? That's what another, I've seen that term used too. Art because rock? Yeah. It's not. Um, it's not blues based traditional rock. No. They have elements of other things. And exactly. Middle Eastern music. Yeah. It's, it's a little. Yeah, more, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little like Bauhaus is a very primitive band. Right. Now, 
these guys can play. This is a good band. Every kind musician, of, yeah. Every musician yeah. in this band is great. So, and it's that's the thing that's great. interesting, because the first two Bowles records... Too. I think Bowles have great musicians, too. Well, I mean, but definitely, mm, yeah, you're right. Primitive. More, more primitive, yes. Yeah, I enjoy it, but it's... And, it's and more primitive. punk, because it's almost more like they were like a really uh, post-punk. I mean, even though they had that gothic thing, they were dark and doomy sounding, it was more punk. This is more, yeah, I don't know what this is. Art rock yeah, is probably good. artsy yeah. without being prog. Um, exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah. later they added strings and stuff to their sound, which kind of worked, and they had different type of production that would kind of expand on that sound. Yeah. Right. But I like that. I even like, they had that one record of uh, covers. And I love that I record. Love that. They oh, did, I love that. They did, they were great. They did great covers and they always did great. However, song. when we were at dinner earlier this evening, Woody brought up someone else, a recent uh, subject of our podcast that did a record of covers. And Duran Duran. It's terrible. It's one of the worst records ever made. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what's it called? DJ's not here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And look it up. And look up worst cover albums of all time. It always makes the top ten. Oh, really? Yeah. Does it? Okay. Because that's, that's a that's a strong uh, yeah. yeah, that's a strong thing. Well, what the metal? Get out of here! We're nuts. That's not a bad. Record. I, I also it's okay. To, it's just because it's Metallica. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring up something else that's interesting, and I think you guys have the same mind. Post punk is one of my favorite genres. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah it's just, sure. It's wonderful because it's like it's experimental yep. and it's dangerous and it's, but it's not limited. Like listening to the same record, like like the first Clash record. If they sounded like that all through their career, it would have gotten boring. It would have been boring, right? right. Exactly. But these post punk bands, these these bands like Susie or Gang of Four or you know Pear Ubu, just these post punk bands, they did crazy yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was stuff. like they could do. They did anything and everything they wanted, yeah. and it was really interesting and cool. Yep. Thank you was the name of the Duran Duran record. It should be no thank you. you. There you go. <laughs> it's like the best album review ever, that GTR record. Well, it's it, SHT. That's the best <laughs> album review ever. Best review um, ever. All right, so let's get into this record. Let's, let's do get it, man. into uh, Juju, which uh, starts off with a bang. Starts off with Spellbound. With a man. hit single in England. I think oh, was it is, really? Yeah. Okay, I think cool. this is. Yeah. I, I listen to this again and again. I'm like, I don't know. This might be a perfect song. Yeah. It's not uh, well, too the, long. Yeah, this song I knew already. I knew because I remember when it yeah, came out and everything like, it is. Right. It, it's it's not long. It's like three, three minutes, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like haunting. And her, vo- her voice, we have to say... Yep, Susie's voice is just like amazing because as soon as she sings, you know it's her. No matter what she sings on, she's got this quality to her voice that is. Like, she embodies what she sings very um, uh, perfectly. She sounds like what she's singing. Yep, she, and, yeah. You know. And it starts out, and you, and the tambourine coming in is so I good. Love it. I stole that so many times. <laughs> yeah. Songs. And he's yeah. playing the, and the, the tambourine. Twelve string acoustic guitar. Yeah, he's playing the tambourine with his foot. So when he's playing the toms, oh okay, when the okay. The tambourine comes back and he's playing it with his. foot. Yeah, and all of a sudden like, it starts getting quick and yeah. it's so good. Yeah, it's he's so good. And uh, the really guitar good. is awesome, like you said. He's strumming that twelve string acoustic at the end during the refrain. Oh, beautiful. And it's got tension. It's got energy. Um, and here's the here's yeah. the thing that I loved when I first heard this song. Okay, it goes to the song. First of all, spooky, weird lyrics. Yep. You know, I yeah, love yeah. them. And then, you know, it says, uh, you know, what's it say? Don't forget when your elders forget to say their prayers, take, take them, them by, by their legs, legs, and throw them down the stairs. <laughs> so she says this. And then what does it go to? A drum bridge. Oh, that drum bridge. I was going to say, that's a drum bridge that, that, that's like a part. And that's like a riff. Like he did a riff in the song. The sound song, of someone falling down the, the stairs. Drums. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, sound of the parents this, yeah, going down the stairs. Yeah, it's this big kettle drum drum. Good on you, buddy. 
oh my god, I heard that. I'm like, I've got to get a set like that and get that sound. <laughs> so I love that. I love the spooky lyrics. Following the footsteps oh, of a ragdoll oh, dance, yes. we are entranced, or as Susie says, entranced. But she can do it. She's British. <laughs> Spellbound. I love the way it ends too. The tom break at the end. It's um, it's just it's. I it's can't a think perfect. It's a it's a great song. It mm-hmm. opens a really uh, pretty much a perfect album. Now let me ask you guys. There is a movie, an Alfred Hitchcock movie, Spellbound. Do you think any it has anything, any bearing on this at all? Yeah, probably. Because yeah. it's kind of an interesting movie. It's like a, it's like a uh, psychological nothing out, mystery. Nothing comes out from nowhere. So, people, but, yeah. right, right. It's and also a cool thing about the movie, which starred um, Gregory Peck and Ingrid Bergman, but it has a dream sequence in the movie designed by. Salvador Dali. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember that. Yes. yes. So, um, Rob always with the fascinating fun The fact. factoids. Yes. Now, I know this isn't music related, but the thing that's interesting to me about this is the Susie. When you see her in this video, yeah, with the, the eye makeup, oh, the Egyptian oh, yeah, eye makeup, great. that launched a thousand goth copy girls. Should, oh, yeah, I mean, you yeah, couldn't yeah, go yeah. to a show without seeing a girl with yep. the Susie makeup, right? And I think you know what? It, it it it's really unfair, but that's probably why I didn't sort of pay more attention than back in the day. Absolutely, because the whole goth thing, I said, oh, okay. Well, I, here's my Susie their... story. I got I have a Susie. You know me and my. You this and Susie, is one I really? Not ta- no, this, no, did no. Did Before no, Susan? No, no. <laughs> my, my introduction to Susie and the oh, Banshees. Okay, okay. um, I haven't told this one before. Hey, lucky people. <laughs> you're lucky. Hey, Grandpa. Number Grandpa's one. Grandpa's got we'll, a we'll new story for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a jam. I was a huge fan of the jam yeah. at the time. And there was an interview in NME or maybe even a, maybe, maybe even a paper over here. And they were asking the jam, oh, you know, what do you guys listen to? And Paul Weller said, and maybe Bruce Foxen too, said, oh, these uh, the two singles, latest singles by Susie and the Banshees off of uh, Kaleidoscope, which were uh, Christine and Happy House. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. So I went to Record City in Orlando where they had a, uh, okay. they had a box of import singles on the counter by the checkout. You'd go up there, and lo and behold, I went and bought those two singles, and I was... Of course, that's John McGeeck playing on those songs. He's very McGeeck on those. And I was like, oh, you were damn. I was yep. hooked. Uh, I was cool. hooked. Very much so. Yeah. Well, good on the jam for uh, yeah, expanding for sure. yeah. Actually, uh, expanding Susie a lot more than I do the jam expanding now. Expanding your musical <laughs> line. Yes, yeah, some jam, did, I don't know. The jam's great. Some of it didn't yeah, age I love the well. jam. I love jam right. Some of it aged better than others, it but did. I'm still a big jam fan, and we will eventually do a jam record on this podcast. I will bow. Right now, that but we not will a red hot chili peppers. No, 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 we will not. We already vowed that we wouldn't do that. All right, so let's get into song number two on the record, which is "Into the Light," oh, which and is another menacing. This song sounds so menacing. It's like very. Uh, it's got that 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 that, that opening It has a little repetitive riff, and it um, it's got some shards, some like sort of crystalline shard guitar playing. Yeah, very yeah. spidery. But it guitar. also has an odd. Technological feel to it. The sound of the the uh, the guitar and the harmonies and everything. It 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 doesn't. It's 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 a very unusual sound, and um, it uh, it's hard to quantify. Art rock, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> you, you that's could, what I think. It, it fits them best. It, it doesn't. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys get? What do you think this song is about, or what she's saying in this song? This is her. She wrote the lyrics in this. Um, into the light, I see it fight. Into the light, a new horizon bleached into white. It's about somebody dying or death. That's what death, all their songs right? are about. Death. Yeah. All their songs are about that. I would assume <laughs> that's what. Dead ahead in the night, burning in the light, and knowing that it's right. 
driving in the night, dead ahead in the night, burning in the light, and knowing that it's right. Driving in the night. Or just assume that, yeah, you know, she's read about near-death experiences and people going towards, you know, going towards the light. Mm-hmm. And um, it's... But still, uh, and, but you, and you know what? The song is still catchy as hell, too. It's, it's, incre- it, it's that's amazing. That's the thing about this... Texturally, there's so many interesting textures on this record that it it, it just made, it just captures your attention um, and it it everything fits together it's they worked on this obviously really hard as a whole as a unit it, as a yeah. unit yeah every song sort of is a little short story that is a is a you know perfectly composed and arranged and fantastic, fantastic. did you notice this song has some overdubs of sound effects and stuff in it yes it has like like weird noises and there's castanets at the end oh yeah yeah right 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 right. there's a there's about half the songs have some overdubs of effects like that right and then uh mcgeach also uh, sometimes his guitar sounds like a he's uh, using uh, um a little thing synthesizer which i know Mm -hmm. it's not i know they're not using a synthesizer Mm -hmm. but he makes his he's got a he's got a um this little in the wikipedia article they talk about the uh was this called a Gizmotron? I think it attaches yeah. to the bridge of the guitar. Oh, nice! And it like it's just a little wheel that turns and makes each string go. Oh, so kind of so, like a um, Ebo, but for like all the strings. Yeah, but it's it's a mechanical thing. It's not a magnetic thing. So it's actually going. It's actually spinning around, oh, and wow. hitting the that's, strings. Yeah. And so that's what he used for this. Song. What's it called? A Gizmotron. Nice. <laughs> yeah, good name. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. All right, so we got the Good song one. number three is Arab- Arabian Nights. Yeah, which I think of the um, I think of the, song of uh, Aladdin. <laughs> yes, Aladdin there is a song called. Yeah, this Arabian song Nights. is a little different lyrically. Oh my god, this song! Well, Jeez. yeah, this song is definitely. I this is love a dark subject the matter. Lyrics to this song. It, I'll tell you what, it's good, and it's a pretty pointed uh, condemnation of, of the, the but it's, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's something you can uh, deny. There's a big uh, part of the culture. There's a lot of uh, mistreatment of uh, women, and she's not. Susie is not shying away from well, that at all. I I'm, I would always assume that I heard a rumor. What have you done to her? Was female genital mutilation, or or just how they kill women, where they just disappear? I, over I, there, I right? just I heard a rumor. What have you done to her? Yeah, I assume that it was that that she's really talking about. Yeah, um, uh, myriad lights. They said you'd, you, I'd be impressed. Arabian Nights at your primitive best. Oh man, a tourist oasis reflects in seedy sunshades. A monstrous oil tanker. It's wound bleeding in seas. She's not, um, she doesn't have a favorable view. She has a sort of the, and I think some of us have gotten a, a more clear view of that recently. Oh, absolutely. They're not the nicest folks sometimes over no. there. Sometimes. Um, and she got, and she's actually quoted, I found a quote. I got in, a call to come to the embassy and pick up, sign some papers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting married. Don't go to the embassy. I got yeah. a, um, I found a, um, a interview with her in NME, 1981, asking her about this song. And she said, it's it's nothing to do with feminist uh, with the feminist thing. It's like a human thing. She's like a, a humane thing, like how the Muslim woman, like some Muslim woman cope. I, uh, how they cope, I don't know. The way women are treated in some religions, if if it, it, if it was a whole race being treated like that and not a sex, there would be an uproar about it. Right. So that's what she's saying. But yep. since it's exclusive to the race, uh, you know, to to the sex, yeah, uh, it's sort of you know, it's sort of well, well saying, well, that's yeah. their culture. But it's like, no, that's this the, verse. Susie, that's not cool. Are you gonna read the great veiled, verse? Uh, veiled behind yeah. screens. That is the best verse. Oh, good, read it, Perry. Veiled behind screens, kept as your baby machine, 
whilst you conquer more orifices of boys, goats, and things. Ripped out sheep's eyes, no forks or knives. Yikes. So <laughs> that's some good Yikes. dark stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. She's and it's you know, dark. and it's some. It's uh, it's it works because it it's a real, true. This is a real. Some I feel like some of the songs on this are and 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 why I could appreciate it because I feel like there could be a little uh, almost uh, comic book nature to some of the death talk and the and oh, the goth and the, right. Sure, there yeah. is comic book, like so it's cut, maybe a little yeah. t- tongue in cheek. But this one is this not tongue in cheek. This is no. This is she's this is the real deal. She's talking about, about and, and her delivery is interesting because I think if this was a screamed song, it wouldn't work as well. It's almost yes. Her delivery is very interesting. It's almost kind of matter of fact and subtle more than like it makes a lot of their songs more powerful. There's actually only one. There's only one song in this whole record where she kind of sort of screams a little belts it out more and usually she's more reserved and it and it, it just makes it better because it makes that stand out even more when she does it but it makes everything else the fact that she's so controlled her voice is so controlled it makes it chilling that much more yeah, chilling creepier. And yeah creepier apparently sure. the BBC was really concerned about the word orifices <laughs> they didn't want that on the radio so but they got it through yeah, they're well. okay with the uh, orifices of, of boys goats and things but they just didn't like the orifices that's one of my favorite Susie lyrics I love um, it yeah. alright so we get to the fourth song and how Halloween Barry, what what number of songs is this that we've done in our podcast with oh, the Halloween. song title yeah, Halloween? Yeah. This is at least the third. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because um, Dead Kennedys, Dead Kennedys have a song called Halloween, and uh, uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Uh, that's Dream right. Syndicate Dream Syndicate Syndicate. A song called Halloween. This one is just as good as those other two. Yep, it's a great song, and it's I, I guess it's about it has an incredible innocence, guitar riff. Kind of about lost. Yeah. In, oh yeah, yeah. This does have a great guitar riff, uh, and it's about lost innocence. You think? Um. I guess. Um, I hadn't really thought about the lyrics of this one that much. Um, the night is still and the frost, it bites my face. I wear my yeah. silence like a mask and murmur like a ghost. Carefree days are distant now. I guess, you, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably about lost innocence. I wander through your sadness, gazing at you with scorpion eyes. Uh, a, <laughs> then, a sweet reminder in the ice-blue nursery of a childish murder of hidden luster. And she cries, trick or treat, trick or treat, the bitter and the sweet. Um, and this song is one of those, if it comes on in a club and they're playing it loud, it just is mind-blowingly. It's a really powerful musically song. Oh, okay. It's great. It, 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 it kicks in. And the riff is, uh, uh, McGeek is playing. He's definitely heard Robert Fripp's playing on Scary Monsters by David Bowie. Hmm. Because uh-huh. Robert Fripp used this particular chord on that record a lot. And McGeek is not using that exact but he's using it in the way that Robert Fripp used the song it on Scary Monsters and uh, it's a terror sound. Yes, <laughs> it is terror. And is I'll it tell that you chord on the backbeat? Boom, boom, boom. Yes. yes. It sounds like almost like a scream. That's exactly uh, and, what he's so doing. Good. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I was not really uh, familiar with this song before, but this is going from now on when I make a Halloween mixtape. <laughs> this song is oh, going yeah. on there on sure. that Halloween mixtape. Oh, and actually, and I found actually the reason I, I said this song was actually written by Steven. Severin, and the reason I said Lost Innocence, I didn't, I wasn't just me being mm-hmm. being uh, smart. Actually, there was an, uh, him quoted on the song. He said, "My source for that is something that happened to me when I was very young, understanding reality for the first time." 
uh, I suddenly realized when I was about six that I was a separate person. Suddenly I knew I was around instead of just being a part of things. And once that happens, you realize that you've lost something. You've lost an innocence. Yeah, for oh. real. So, yeah. Good. So I didn't just come Let up with that on myself. Let me just say, good luck trying to get that back, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, you never get it back. But this song, with a lot of the songs, they talked about, like when they, when they talk to Susie and they say, hey, you're making gothic music. She doesn't think of it as gothic music. She thinks of it as being, they wanted to create tension and mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, this yeah. song has a tension to it. Now, if you notice, in general, Susie's songs throughout their career, they're kind of above mid-tempo. They're faster right. than a lot of other bands, right. and there's a lot of really insistent drumming. That yeah. Just driving, kind of, yeah, they're very, yeah, very driving. It's like, yeah, it's a tension with the bass too. With the, with yeah, the bass, absolutely. with the throbbing bass and the drums. Yeah, there's yes, no, uh, right. <clears throat> there's no um, power ballads in Susie's Ooh. <laughs> uh, Is there a power well, ballad? No, they have a song. Early. They have a song called "Last Beat of My Heart" that's pretty quiet and okay. kind of soft. That's that's later nice. though. Yeah, it's very good song, but it's okay. It's not. This stuff just has an intensity and a. You know, attention in there. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's very appealing. And, and I love the way this song transitions into Monitor, the next song. Oh. It's like they kind of hold a keyboard note. Yeah. And it kind of just trails out, and then it goes right into Monitor, which has this. Take a, we're gonna All right. It. Before we get to Monitor, though. Hold that thought. We're about we're at the halfway point. So we're okay. going to take a little break. We're going to refresh our drinks. Uh, um, our, that record got me high cocktail. Do we know we should, what that? We, we should, should post the recipe. We'll post the recipe up on our website. <laughs> There's an official cocktail? Uh, yes, it is. That oh, record got me high know. cocktail. One yes, third of a cup of vodka. Uh, TJ and her daughter drank eight of them last yeah. time at the podcast. One third of week. a cup of Smirnoff vodka, mm-hmm. the finest. One third of a cup of orange juice of your choice, but not uh, Sunny D or whatever crap Rob bought that <laughs> oh, week. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> well, you and, try different uh, things. And then a third of a cup of seltzer. And uh, if you have three or four, uh, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel better. And <laughs> any record you're listening to will get you. It's, right. it's All right, exactly right. So we're going right. to take a little break. We'll be back with Woody, Woody Compton. Compton and Susie and the Banshees Juju. That record got me high is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Featuring such characters as George Kleenex, Weatherman Benjamin Dover, Man on the Scene J.B. Horns, Political Commentator Taffy Tart, Media Personalities Travis Slaughter, Conspiracy Theory Expert J. Elwood Compton III, Paranormalist Murph Davies, Senator Stroller, Political Apologist Dr. Iggy, Christian ventriloquist Fred Gastro and his puppet Woody, and the strangely familiar Stocky Bear in his smelly, itchy costume. All of this at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, we're back to goth talk. <laughs> This is Goth Talk with <laughs> Rob and Barry. That, do you remember that Sunday Night Live sketch yes, they did for yes, a while with the yes. kids yeah, were right, doing sure. Goth Talk in their Coffee basement? Talk. And he'd go, I'm, uh, my name is uh, Balthazar. And then his mom would come down and go, does any of your friends want snacks? He'd go, Mom, we're doing our, we're doing our show. You, you know what my goth name is? What is it? Woody. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a good That's goth good. name, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Woody, we were talking. That's what a coffin's made of. In mm-hmm. the break, you brought up an in- interesting factoid mm-hmm. about one of the uh, fill-in guitar players for a while for Susie and the Banshees was a kind of a well-known. After um, McGick was driven to a nervous breakdown <laughs> by and dr- dr- drunk by Susie. Yeah. No, he had a drug problem as well. He really? did. Oh, he so had, he he's had, I, I think, his, his whole was, life, yeah. he's had substance uh, problems, right? I yeah. didn't. I never knew that was But who was the fill-in guitar player for a while? Some guy. He was in another band. Um, his name was 
Bob Smith. Mm-hmm. Robert Smith. Robert of the Cure. Smith of the Cure. And he played on a live record called Nocturne. There's also a video of that if you want to see Robert Smith playing with him. And they did a record together called Cascade. Um, and his it's very unique. It sounds like Robert Smith. He, he plays a really cool piano in a very unique style. But I just think it's interesting that the two big figures in the history of goth rock were in a band together. For in a, a while. band together for a while. Well, I'm going to add, you guys were talking about that during the break, but I wanted to add that Peter Murphy also figures into the goth. Oh, oh absolutely. 100%. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, and of course, Susie and um, Robert Smith hate each other now. <laughs> oh, do yeah. they really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. He's left a few bodies, uh, you know, so to speak, with guitar players. Actually, yeah. before we get into the next song, I wanted to ask you guys, what what do you feel like is the precursor? Is there a precursor to the gothic music well, genre? I, we like, were listening. We had an album. Pl- oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, put on an album what here. What was it, Barry? Alice Cooper, Killer. And that, that record is not only sort of presages um, Susie and the Banshees, it also presages The Damned in a lot of ways. If you listen to the way one, that What was that Dave one song Banian you played sings, me and it sounded like a Su- I thought you were playing a... It was Dead Susie Babies. Song. Dead Babies. The song Dead right. Babies is just... Susie is, would never sing about something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, and the um, if you listen to the way that Dave Vanian sings, there's and you listen to the Alice Cooper record, you're going to be like, huh... Right. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, Cooper, so those and I was thinking of another band, which a band that probably comes up just about every, uh, almost every episode we do, but the Velvet Underground. Oh, oh, of course. If you oh. listen to Venus and Furs, yeah, yeah, of course. That's a, a goth song, yeah, right? Of course it is. And yeah. where did Stephen Severin get his name? Severin, Severin Severin. He got from the character that they sing about in Beneath Venus and I didn't Frozen. know that. See, that's, uh, yes. that's an interesting one. On bended they're, knee. That's my job. That's my job, Woody. Yes, you're very good at this. Um, they, <laughs> he speaks so slightly. They are clearly huge Velvet Underground fans. Right, They've done right, covers right. live. There's a live version of All Tomorrow's Parties. Yeah. Oh, really? awesome. Oh, i got to check that out. You need to check like, it out. That's one of my favorite songs. It's done acoustically with a string section. It's really cool. It's I'm going to leave. Different. I'm leaving right now. I'm going to go find you that. You should. Yeah, You'll yeah, find yeah. it on YouTube. Podcast. All Tomorrow's Parties. It's from a, an acoustic show they did at, uh, nice. for a radio station. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so we're up to song number five on the record, Juju, and this song is Monitor. And this song, first of all, this song, when it starts out with oh. that bass and, and then the guitar, this could be a, a Killing Joke song. It if, could. if Jazz sure. Coleman starts singing instead of Susie, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's a no, Killing that's, Joke that's song. That's an interesting So, yeah. first Killing Joke record came out in what, 80? Is that right? The first time? I think so, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. so. So, definitely, yeah. They were, I would I would sort of put Killing Joke sort of in, the, in that yeah, same category. Dark, menacing, dark themes, menacing, dark, exactly. Not metal, but also very but heavy. Jagged, heavy, right? Uh, and um, this is one of my favorite songs on the yes, record. Yes, mine too. Mine too. Uh, it, it has a menacing, oh a, yeah, a Big Brotherish theme. Well, that's what yes. it's of. Yeah, for sure. It's, and surveillance. Britain is the surveillance state. Right. Well, we need to step back a little bit and explain because we all know what it's about, but we haven't said it's basically. Susie said it was about a closed circuit monitor. They put closed circuit, right? Yeah, right. in in an I think it's a condo or an apartment complex where people they were trying to prevent crime, right? Yep. And they could watch people there, and it's like apparently people in the condo started watching this more than they were watching TV. <laughs> yes, and yeah. it's sort of and it's crazy because yeah. this was 1981. Pre reality TV, reality TV, yes. but exactly this song yeah. could have been written like we say that all the time. Could have been written last week. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting. There's the line about you know the. Uh, I, I don't remember the exact lyric. She looks painfully at this. Uh, Here we go. Oh, you go ahead and read his, it. It's great. 
His face was full of intent, and we shook with excitement. Then the victim stared up, looking strangely at the screen, as if her pain was our fault. But that's, that's entertainment. entertainment. <laughs> what we crave for inside, no more second-rate movies from those people outside. So yeah, it's this um, feedback loop of, of visual... Uh, like it's almost like a gladiator kind yes. of feel. Like, oh, we're gonna watch all the uh, watch each other being, you know, abused, and um, they come and they go. It's a passing of time. They come and they go. What whilst we sit in our homes? Yeah, it's reality TV, but it's also surveillance state Britain. I mean, if you watch any British crime drama now. They always go. Oh, what about where's the surveillance footage? Where's the oh, surveillance yeah. footage? Oh, because there's so much surveillance <laughs> that, that, in Britain. It's everywhere, uh, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah, this one. Um, the George Orwell. There's a George Orwell Street, and people have posted <laughs> photos of this of the cameras wow. that are you know. Wow. Um, I, I, that that whole thing like looks. Uh, I don't remember the line. Like looks like back like their pain is our fault. Like their pain is our. Oh yeah. yeah I remember yeah. hearing that for the first time, and I felt like. Bad inside. Yeah. It, it kind of creeped me out. It, it's a creep. Good. It's is, it. That shows you have a, your normal I person. Yeah. This is a great That's song. Yeah. It's a fantastic. And the it riff. Really the riff is just. It's oh, just it's so pounding, good. beautiful, and. Um, and he has a solo or a bridge. I don't know if you call it a bridge or a solo, but it's where the, the high guitar part comes yep. in. It's yes. really cool. It Once is. again, hearkening back to the riffs playing on Scary Monsters, which I believe he heard and was like. Ooh, that sounds good. How does he? How is he doing? Did we yep. all hear that and think we did? Well, that's oh, yeah. two records in a row. Loud Duran Duran. We were talking about too. I said there yep. was a song. I said, "Oh, these guys definitely listen to Scary Monsters." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, yeah, well, right. Scary Monsters was sort of a um, David Bowie sort of saying, "Okay, here's all the rest of the cool ideas I've got." <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm going to start making some money. Now I'm out. <laughs> yep. All right, so that uh, monitor finishes side one. It was a great, great ending to a side of a record, man. Yeah. And uh, now we flip the record over, and we got oh, side two starts night with shift. night shift. Fantastic. Man, uh, okay, brief story about this. All right. Um, I had. Are we uh, are we gushing? Because this record has got me. I, I, I don't like. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big fan. Really so I'm great. sorry to gush. But oh, also, I didn't mention while we uh, while we took a break, we all uh, refreshed our makeup because under these hot, <laughs> hot lights here, our, our pancake make. <laughs> He dropped his mic. Our Damn. pancake makeup was, 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 so we had to refresh, but we look great now. Okay. Some okay. kind of devil came and knocked down my microphone. All right, go ahead. So, so I worked in a mental institution. He did. Um, really? Yeah, during college to make money, and I worked the night shift. <laughs> Which is the male version of being a stripper. Yeah, kind of. So it was a crisis Wait, unit. Uh, this is now you and Barry met, was it? No, no, no. no, no. Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. No. Um, so I worked the night shift there because cool, it paid better than any other shift. Yeah. So and there's I, a reason for that. Yes. <laughs> it was the scariest. It was a crisis unit for a psych center. Nope. So the most dangerous and craziest people got. So I had this cassette, and I had two cassettes at work. And we had like this cassette deck for recording interviews with patients. Right. I don't know sure the proper term. Inmates. Clients. Inmates. Clients. I think so, patients is the proper okay. term. <laughs> so, and it was used for just voice recording, but I could play music cassettes on it. I had two cassettes there that somehow ended up at work. One of them was Government Issue Crash and Government Issue You. I would flip those over when I wanted to get pumped up and, yeah, sure. you know, for the night. But I had this record and I had Kiss in the Dream House on a cassette. And I would just listen to him over and over again oh, in God. the middle of the night on the bad, night shift at the middle good, institution. That's a bad idea. Perfect. So, <laughs> Perfect. Night shift, I always associate night shift with that job because this 
if you want to have a single song to put up as what goth rock is, yes, this is it. I I wrote that exactly in my notes. I said this is the overt, the 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 most overtly goth track. Oh, true, true. This is the song that a parent walking past the child's room when they're listening to this would go, oh, well, this is the one your mom walks in and goes, turn that off because why? What's the line? Fuck the mothers, kill Kill the the others. others. And then the next line, the opposite. Fuck Fuck the the others, kill the the mothers. mothers. And the way she says it is very. Matter of fact. Matter of fact. Yeah, no, like, no, but it's kind of matter of fact. You're right. Yeah, You're it's right. like, yeah, what are we going right. to do she's now? She's not screaming. No. It's just, <laughs> that's what's even creepier about it. She's yes. not screaming it like it's an anthem. It's like, this is what we do. Yes, um, exactly. And you know what this is about, right? You researched this? It's about the Yorkshire Ripper. Yes. Peter uh, Sutcliffe. Yep. So yeah. this is Dark Baby. <laughs> yes, but but also it was very it was of that time because that's when he was caught in 1981 was when they finally caught him. But he had been killing women. He was convicted of murdering 13 women and attempting to murder seven others. Yeah, and uh, the, he was one of these guys. He murdered a lot of prostitutes. So it was like it was murdering girls that weren't maybe they didn't investigate the murder so much sure. so it went along it, it went for quite a while in the 70s and finally he was caught in 1981 but uh yeah that's what it's about the yorkshire ripper the cold marble slab submits at my feet with a neat dissection looking so sweet to me please come to me with your cold flesh my cold love hissing not kissing a happy-go-lucky chap always dressed in black he'll come to you he'll come to you she, or did Severin write this one? Who wrote this? He might this? have written this one. Uh, wait, hold on. I'll tell you right now. I have Some of the better lyrics are actually his. He does write great lyrics, but she does too. This is her. She wrote okay. this. And, uh, and the thing is, this is one of those ones where I feel a little like a comic, when I said before, like a comic book thing. Like it's not, you know, she's not, I don't think she's glorifying it so much. It, it's mm. kind of like a, kind of like a cinema Verite type yeah, thing, you know, yeah, which is just sort of a slice of life. Like this is, you know, she read, she was obviously read about this guy, was interested in it and wrote this song. But, but what I like about this whole album is that they really went for it all. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't do anything half-assed. They went for it. They wanted to create yeah. a mood right. and they wanted to create mm-hmm. this, this creepy, eerie, right from the cover itself. It's called Juju yeah. and it's got a picture of it's that, of that weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, like, they didn't hold back. They went for it they, uh, 100%. And that's what makes it so It's subconscious. They, they, they use, they, you know, she taps into sort of subconscious feelings of, you know, of fear of the dark and of mm-hmm. um, things that are lurking in, in, a, in a really, really compelling way. Um, whether you believe in that stuff or not, they um, put together, it's, it's an amazing uh, uh, document. This song has an atmosphere that's really interesting. Like during the long bridge where it's kind of there's some space there, there's almost creaking effects. Yes. And I actually think they're percussion. I think that's that, that wooden instrument that you... Rub with a stick and he goes, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, okay. but it's to sound like creaking. And man, when he hits the feedback deer on that, oh, stop, yes, that means terrifying. <laughs> I can't believe you listen to this working at the Nightshade of Metal. You're crazy. It, yes, that's why you the, can't what, be normal. Can you that's tell us the name not. of that facility? Is it was your... called, yes, it was called the Peaceful Alternative to Hospitalization, <laughs> which was called PATH. And our nickname for it was Patients Attacking the Help. <laughs> 
I'm not kidding. I literally got into a physical altercation with somebody crazy oh, every night. Right. Once a night. Once every night. night. I was. I've been in oh so many God. crazy fights there. It was a wild. Job. It's like I'm trying to listen to my Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the mothers and kill the others. Will you stop this? Oh my God, that yeah. is that's dark. Yeah, it is dark. So dark. I thought it was a good story. It's uh, a good it's story. A great story. Yes. Yeah, and it's not just a story. It's it's a rip from the headlines. <laughs> All right, that's that's terrifying. So yes. let's move on to the next track. Number seven is. Sin in my heart, heart. which uh, somebody heard me playing this at the middle institution and said, he said he was a whore. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's sin in my heart. Um, heart. Another intense fast song. Yeah. It it builds up slowly and then kind of comes in. Oh yeah. It's got a groove. It's got that great uh, uh, Severin, Stephen Severin bass groove that that starts it out. Yeah. It's got the, it's also got a couple effects. It's got glass breaking at the beginning and the end. Right. And, um... It's got Ebo on it, and anything with Ebo. Oh, on right, it, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. It does. It's got Ebo as it comes in, and it's it's a really cool tune. It yeah. is cool, actually. Did you guys notice this this song? Listen to it again. This song, "Sin in My Heart," reminds me a lot of Sonic Youth, especially Daydream Nation era. I'm going to say Youth. that and they, I'm they listened to they this did shit. listen to this, right? Right. And you're not the yeah. That's I know. I have thought about this that song, especially. Go. Listen to it. It's I forget. There's a specific song on Daydream Nation that sounds like this song. Yeah, Sin they, in My Heart. They have that same ability to sort of tap into that dark yes. sound and that yeah. dark the, that dark vibe. Not all of it. Some of it's Thurston trying to you know. I see you, Thurston. But I see you, Thurston. I see you. I see what you were listening to. Well, maybe Kim. I think Kim had a hand in the the sound of that band That's as well. What, what do you think of this lyrically? It, it looks to me like a fairly simple poem. Very straightforward, but there's yeah, some poem. lines. Yeah, right. She wrote this. Uh, yeah. Susie wrote this, and it is. It's like a it's poem. It's beginning to start when you're lying like a tart. Oh, <laughs> I love sin that. In my heart. When you grovel at my feet. Oh, sin in my heart. It's short and sweet. Yes, yeah, so so vaguely yeah. S&M-ish, a little yeah. S&M-ish oh, right. there. Sure, right. They have a lot of S&M type lyrics in other records. They do. Severin has a lot of stuff that's kind of S&M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Which goes Goes back to that whole um, Severn where he got his name from. Yes, um, absolutely. Venus and Furs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. And um, yeah, that's the one thing I love about Susie. The one thing, many things I love is she's just, she's really great. She writes great lyrics. And she never, even though she wasn't ever overtly sexual, even though she was a female singer. Right. And quite attractive. She was quite attractive and everything, but she had a sort of a elegance about her and everything. And it wasn't, you know, it was very, it was very And like, a toughness. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. She wasn't somebody you no would... No pushover. She, right. You would, yeah. you would took took her seriously. Yeah, as, definitely. Yeah. 100%. Right. That's what I'm... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. what I guess she was, what I was in, trying to say. In no way was she having to compete with the no. other members she of the band. She wasn't the... Uh, ingenue in the no, band or anything no, like no, that. No. no, this was her band, and uh, yeah, so Susie. big respect to them. And also, if you look at it, they had a long career. Yeah, yeah, they did a I mean, very long, long career. career. Yes, in what, fact, uh, well deserved though, because great records. And yeah. uh, like like we've been saying, this record is just like an amazing record. And we get we're up to song number eight now, which this is this is my second this, favorite record. Head this, cut. This is the song that's a joke. This is this right? is them kidding. This, this is, is the silly. comic. Yeah, this yeah. is the comic book song. Yeah. Head cut. Yeah, yeah, because it's so over. It's so over the top. Oh, and Barry, I'm sure has the lyrics, but they're funny. They're cartoonishly gruesome lyrics. Yeah. it's it's kind of like a goth serial killer comic. It yeah, is, oh, severed head, I'll feed your head with bread and paint your lips bright red. I'll keep it fresh on ice. It will look very nice. I take it back with me, back to the flat with me. It's silly. Shrunken head under the bed. The flies are humming. 
There's a red under the bed. The spit is turning, roasting, burning, shadows dancing by the fire. Flickering flames laugh with desire. The head is the best part. <laughs> my head cut, my wood cut. Yeah, it's the most over-the-top song on the record. And, uh, it's so good, though. It's nice to see them doing something with a little levity, because they're a very serious band most are. of the time. Yep. I think, yeah, serious, but I also think I could it sort of... It also has a demented sort like of guitar line in this it one. T- a lot of, it's so smart and everything that I sort of feel, I understand that they, that they realize that. That they realize, oh, a lot of this is a little over-the-top, whatever, but mm-hmm. there's always a little tongue-in-cheek, and I feel like in just about everything they do. I feel like they're not... I mean, because like you said, she never embraced the whole goth thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she inspired all these goth kids and Yeah, everything. but if you read about Susie, and she's talked more recently about her things that happened to her in her childhood, a lot of this is straight-up exorcism of Oh, yeah, yeah, demons. she has oh. some rough demons. But actually, this song, I found actually a quote from her specifically about this song, and she wrote this song specifically about a movie she saw, and it was called Onibaba. And it was this black and white Japanese, this is her talking now, Onibaba, this black and white Japanese film got by uh, Kenito Shindo. I saw it on BBC Two when I was about nine. There was this great repeated scene. Every night, this girl would run through the fields of long swooshing cane in the rain to her lover. But this demon would appear and it would scare her away. This kept happening until one night she ran past it. When she finally went home to her family and opened the door, the demon was crouching in the corner. It turned out that the demon was her mother who'd worn a a mask, a samurai mask, to scare her away from from this boy. But the mask had got stuck to her face. (laughs) And it made such a strong... Isn't that creepy? (laughs) Just her description of it makes me want to see that movie. But yeah, she said that made such an impression of her and that's why she wrote wrote this song was sort of uh, from the impression from this movie Onibaba <laughs> so, I have to uh, check that out yes you know, we all have to check that out that's playing up the drive-in next week <laughs> yes it's a dual probably with, uh, not might be a little uh, harder uh, to crazy rich Asians and Onibaba yeah. are playing next Chainsaw Massacre 3 and <laughs> Onibaba <laughs> let's all go to the lobby is that on this record no. <laughs> the dancing cigarettes or the uh, it's the goose stepping cigarettes. <laughs> it just depends it depends on what you see. <laughs> yeah, come on, you guys all we all remember that. Oh yeah. All right, so we are now at the final this is a short record. Nine it songs. Is. Yeah. Nine yeah. great like I said, there's not a bad song yeah. on this record. You can listen to it short. There's start not to a finish skippable song. It's like a, a thirty three minute record or right. something, thirty five minute record. So this song, the final song of the record is Voodoo Dolly. Yeah. And uh it's of course, creepy. It's creepy. <laughs> well, and since we are in uh, South Florida, we are a lot closer to the source of the uh voodoo dollies than uh Susie was in real life. In Haiti, we, you mean? That's yep. right. Mm-hmm. In the yeah, that part of the island of Hispaniola, which is called Haiti. And um, she's your little voodoo dolly, and she's going to make you lazy. Like the little drum in your ear transfixes you to your fear. And now she's transfixed in your fear. And you know she's going to stay there because her nails are deep in your hair. And she made you so unaware. What is Barry, Barry, did, did the lights just go out? What he's back he's back at that uh he's mental back institution. at that mental institution. Yeah, I mean she's um talking about, you know, remote control of a human being by with by a doll. And, and John McGeek Oh yeah. He shows up. They're like she probably said, 
can you play spooky? And he's yes. Like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and this is another song where his guitar sounds like, I don't I, know I, how, got it. I don't know what he used to get this sound in here. Some it's of it's got, slide guitar, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and he's got a, he's, he's uh, probably using that weird thing No, he nah, he's got a flanger. He used that a lot. He had a, um, MXR Electric Mistress. No, uh, not uh, Electro Harmonix Electric Mistress. Uh, it was like on a, it was on a pedestal, so he could adjust the controls. And it's interesting if you if anybody's really likes this record, and want to see it played live by Robert Smith. I'm trying to think like well, there's a, there's a couple of actually on YouTube. There's a couple of full performances of the '81 Susie and the Banshees band with McGee. Oh, there is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a th- like two or three in England that you can check out, and there's a one that was broadcast on um, uh, Rock Palace, that German TV show, and that mm. one's particularly. Good. Oh, that's such a great thing. You yeah, got so much great yeah. stuff yeah, on that do. Rock Palace. And so if you yeah. just search Susie and the Banshees 19, live 1981, you can see uh, some of this stuff performed live. They were doing some mm. from Kaleidoscope, obviously earlier stuff as well. This right. song is very good live. Oh, it, it builds, Dolly? it's intense, yeah, okay. and it's kind right. of dark. I have a question for you guys about this song, and I, I hope at least one of you remembers this. There was a, sh- there was a TV show, there was a TV thing called Trilogy of Terror. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that reminds you of that? The Voodoo Doll. Yes, yes, yes. of course, so, of course. But it's like, it was an American thing, so I'm thinking, nah, I don't know if she saw it. Yeah, it was not. in the 70s. You know what? The, um, but the BBC, crazy Voodoo the Doll came to life and chased poor Karen Black, yes. Karen yes. Black around her house. Scream Queen right. Karen Black. That's yes. what I, when I hear this song, that's what I see. I, I picture that. Oh, sure. And that was terrifying. Remember, yeah. that was great. Yeah. But you know, the Brits have their own uh, terrifying things that uh, on on television and in the movies. They're good at it as well. So <laughs> she would have had plenty of source material to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Voodoo Doll, she probably had a, a Voodoo Doll. Maybe she had a Voodoo Doll of Robert Smith that she stuck pins in. You no, know? they were they were friends at this point. <laughs> oh, they yeah. were. Okay. And but then they fell she has out. One now. <laughs> and then they got John Valentine Carruthers, and then they weren't friends. Uh, they, she's been through some guitar players. Okay. Well, she's yeah. a strong, independent woman. That's Is one it? way to put it. Yeah. She's not putting up with any shit. Now this little voodoo dolly has made you very lazy. You're anemic from her sucking, and when you're dead, she'll find another. <laughs> Better break that little dolly and sling her in the corner. Now she's a sorry little dolly. Such a sorry little dolly. <laughs> That's she, great. There's, she's a, yeah. She does it. it takes on the lyrics take on a whole new meaning when, when Barry read, reads yeah, them instead of Susie singing them. Yeah, I like her delivery a little better, but Barry's is nice. Maybe yeah, he, maybe he nice. could do a spoken word a spoken record. Spoken word yeah, record? Yeah. I'd listen to that once. The symphonic the symphonic <laughs> Susie and the Banshees. With lyrics read by, ah, by the late Rush. Orson Welles. Or uh, Stocky Bear. <laughs> Stocky Bear, yeah. yeah. So in case anyone, we haven't mentioned this, that Woody is, is the artist uh, for the song. our sponsor. Uh, is this tomorrow? Is this tomorrow? Is this tomorrow? The webcomic is tomorrow. Yes. Which uh, once a week will provide you with some levity to distract Possibly. you from um, the, I think, how, how did you say it? The... Uh, uh, existential absurdity it, of modern life. life. The absurdity of modern life. Something yeah. like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to the commercial. So, Woody, uh, thank you so much for bringing this record. Yes. And uh, no, for thank you for having me. As I said, show. I'm a big fan, so I love talking about this. Record. Yeah, and this is one of my. This is flat out one of my favorite records that we have. <sighs> so done. good. Everyone I can. Uh, this is, we, I said, you know, we don't always go back and listen to 
the records again. Yeah, no, this doing one it. I this would. One and I'll oh, actually sure. listen. I actually started listening to other uh, Susie, Susie Banshee yeah. stuff and the Creatures stuff too. Just when this because good, you forget, please. Yeah, you if you're forget. a Susie fan, check out the Creatures. They're yeah, yeah, well yeah, worth okay. checking out. You forget how great all this stuff is. And uh, all right, we could finally take our makeup off, take the nail polish. <laughs> it's gonna take you a while to get that black nail polish off. Tough, Barry. right? Yeah, the cold cream takes <laughs> off the makeup. <laughs> acetone. I need acetone some acetone for the makeup, not the nail polish. Yeah, so. All right, what do we got next Next week we, is our next live... Uh, That's right, at the Laser Wolf. I feel like we just did I know. one. Weren't we just there? We were just there. We're Drinking doing another, Chris's beer. That's right. We're doing another live thing at Laser Wolf in Fort Lauderdale, and we're doing the Gun Club's debut record, Fire of Love, with... The world-famous... World-famous, legendary Charlie Pickett. How did you get... How did Charlie, we get, how did you get I know, Charlie we did. Pickett? Well, we don't know. Who, maybe he'll show up. You talked up. to maybe his people or something, yeah. or... We did. It you know his agent? Thing. It was yeah. a whole thing, getting wow. Charlie. But Charlie Pickett will be live uh, next week, Wednesday, uh, November 21st at Laser Wolf. Uh, we will tape it then, so if you want to see us taping it, come out to Laser Wolf. It's a lot of fun. Deal. It really is fun. I mean, they're getting more and more fun, or maybe we're just getting drunker every time we do it, so it seems more <laughs> What's fun. What's the diff? But to us, it seems fun. And uh, so, other, so, who cares? If we're having fun, who cares? Who cares? All right, so Woody, thanks again for coming. Thank you. Yes, and uh, Thank you. we'll definitely have, you know, think of some other, uh, let me see, what other drummer band with a great drummer do you admire? Red Hot Chili <laughs> Okay, that's it. Woody, say goodbye to Woody, ladies and gentlemen. You will never, ever hear him again on That Record Got Me High. This is That Record Got Me High. RecordHigh.com. Don't forget to check out our website. And uh, once again, that is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we'll see you guys next week. We're out. You ain't never had them. I don't believe you will. I'm going to Oh, I'm going to get religious. I'm going down the mountain church. I'm going to be a Baptist preacher. And I sure won't have no one. I want everybody to shout. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to shout. I'm gonna do like a prisoner. I'm gonna roll my time on high. Oh, in my room, I bow down to pray.
long, long, 